probably would have, in some sense, have been a bit like a medieval king in terms of his basic work day. There were people lined up waiting to approach the throne to ask the king for something, either some help, a favor, or the king would have to make a decision in terms of who would be appointed what, giving out commissions in the army, let's say. Uh, Al would give people uh, certain positions running gambling houses, etc. People would approach Al about um, what should we do about beer sales? What about this? What about that? We're having this problem. We're having that problem. It would be up to Al Capone, quite frequently as the boss, to solve it if it couldn't be solved lower. The organization functioned as a business. Um, with Al Capone as, as the boss or chairman of the board um, and a board of directors, each board director had a very specific function in the organization, um, either uh, accounting or running uh, stills or running a particular street uh, crew that was uh, responsible for carrying out various activities uh, that would bring in money and then kick it back to the board of directors and Al Capone. Hello, audience, and welcome back to Inside in the third and final episode of Inside Al Capone. Today we'll be looking at Al Capone's life after his reign and as a gang boss. Let's get right into it. This is where the legal troubles of Al Capone begin. About a month after the St. Valentine's Day Massacre, Al Capone was arrested by federal agents for contempt of court for his failure to answer a federal subpoena and would face six months for this charge. But before he served that charge, he was arrested again along with his bodyguard for in, in Philadelphia for carrying a con concealed weapons. Because of this, Capone was sentenced to one year in jail at the Eastern State Penitentiary, was let out three months early for good behavior. This is where things really start to go downhill for Capone. This is when the U.S. Treasury's Special Intelligence Unit has started to compile a tax evasion case against Capone. With this lavish lifestyle he was living, there had to be something fishy going on. On June 5th, 1931, Capone was indicted for 22 counts of federal tax evasion. He was charged seven days later, along with others, on violation of prohibition laws. Eventually, Capone was found guilty of three of the 23 charges in October, and ended up being sentenced to 11 years in prison, and a total of $50,000 in fines. $50,000 in fines. Capone spent his first two years of prison in Atlanta. He was eventually caught bribing guards, which resulted in him being transported to Alcatraz in the year 1934. While in prison, Capone's health began to decline. He ended up contracting syphilis and eventually began to suffer from neurosyphilis. The sickness led to his development of dementia. After six and a half years of prison time, he was released in 1939 to a mental hospital in Baltimore, 
where he remained for three more years. As Al Capone's health kept declining, he lived out the rest of his days with his wife in Miami, eventually dying of cardiac arrest on January 25th, 1947. This has been Inside Al Capone with your host, Stephen Lambert. In this podcast, we have discovered, discussed the life of Al Capone. It's been my absolute, my absolute honor to be with you in this short time. Take care.